सो हियर गोज माई फर्स्ट एपिसोड ऑफ अ राइटर्स एक्सप्लोरेशन आई हेड रिकॉर्डेड दिस विद अ फ्रेंड कॉल बुक वॉम टाइग्रेस ओवर ऑन इंस्टाग्राम एंड हियर इट गोज फीमेल 
uh, like uh, I came to know that like after completing like uh, there wasn't any intention behind it. So, lekin okay, lekin more or less assume that there are a lot a lot less female authors out there. At least in the fantasy genre. In the fantasy genre, yeah, that's right. Of course, that trend is only in India, I guess, because. Uh, because i think outside india you get a lot of other fantasy authors but a lot of them actually write very shady stuff more on the ri- lines uh, of uh, you know harlequin or milvin boon so yeah, yeah like so a lot of like vampire romance kind of like ba- more uh, more sleazy than vampire yeah very very frank i find it more sleazy than romance Twilight is like the most soft, sultry vampire fiction I have ever read. Every other book has like lots of scenes of this and that, and I mean, you would wonder actually that all these people actually do such blood and have uh, like seriously. I haven't read uh, like surprisingly I, Twilight as like I, I just watched it. fantasy fiction book but not of the not of the very uh, you know uh, any decent uh, not of very uh, from very decent time uh, after i read twilight i read a lot of vampire books because that was my conscious conscious decision because that actually happens with me if i like a particular genre or a particular character or anything then i would actually go into that phase that i would want to read books like that only i read hunger games and that was my you know why you dystopia phase so i read divergent after that and maze runner after that and then i got sick of it similarly i had a feminist female phase also where i read a lot of female authors and then i got out of it so similarly i also had a vampire fan fiction not fan fiction vampire fantasy fiction phase when i read a lot of uh, stupid sleazy books and that was that so yeah i have had my days so sirsi female author it's a very chance thing that both of us have actually come across not a chance thing because sirsi is quite popular i think uh, both of us made a conscious decision to read sirsi because of its popularity only none of us were like okay let's test this book out we already knew that this book is worth something right yeah i actually yeah. wanted to go with the song of achilles like it was written by the same author but ben- went with this because this was currently pretty popular uh, song of achilles is actually quite popular it's uh, on lgbt and uh, last month when we had the pride month it was actually quite popular on instagram interesting i never like saw any pics of it no this is a pride month actually insta has a lot of these ones so in august we have like a bunch of readathons There's a discovering India readathon. There is a classes readathon. Readathons like these happen. In fact, I don't think it was June. It was in May. Okay, it was in May. The Pride Month was in May, and there was a lot of um, uh, there was a lot of you know call shout outs for reading uh, LGBTQ books. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but to read a book simply to get traction on Instagram, I think that's not a good thing. Yeah, it does make sense. Okay, so, that can be counted as a strategy as well. Like if it, you look at it, it that, it certainly is strategy. But I think uh, on Bookstagram, strategy can only take you as far. So far, strategy can only take you so so far. The only thing that is going to take 
you uh, not as in uh, not part of an as in number but uh, you know what i mean to say uh, okay how do i how do i say it? quality versus quantity strategy will always get you quantity but if you want to go for quality you have to you know create a relationship with people you have to make sure that they come out for your content they they may keep uh, coming back again and again and not uh, a lot of other people new people become but yes if a relationship forms there then i think that is something i would like to go after rather than quantity mm. we can have like a good debate on that later on like so <laughs> okay some time other okay sir see by madison miller. miller okay so female author okay that's a side and side what's your thoughts about its mythological setting mythological setting i mean like it's greek that's like a do you mean as in the world building of it no i mean to say what do you think about it i mean we are seeing a lot of works that are based on some sort of mythological story of other circe and song of achilles are not the first one i have read a bunch of books on persephone and hades i have read a bunch of books on uh, roman roman characters i have read a bunch of books on indian indian uh, indian characters as well you know Palace of Illusion, Forest of Enchantments. We recently had a. So, book. if we are to like compare this with other m- books, like uh, that have done. We should definitely. I mean, that is the point of. Uh, that is the point of having so many books of same John Ravi. We should compare that what is working for this one and not other for the other one. So, if that is the case, then I'd say like this didn't really live up to my expectations. The. What were your expectations? My ex- for mythological books, my expectations were set really high by Rick Riordan. I have read like three entire, sorry, almost four series that he wrote uh, that he wrote on mythology, like Greek, uh, Egyptian, and even Norse. And he had set a really high bar for me. And after oh, him, like this guy, what's his name? That writer. Yeah. What's his name for for Rick Riordan? What book has he written? Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson, yes, that's the name I was looking for. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Percy Jackson has a lot of uh, mythological characters, of course. And for a person who is actually very well informed about these uh, characters, yeah, that should be a problem. Because I felt same too. Because uh, Percy's character is written in a very uh, multi-dimensional way, but a lot of other characters. they don't really uh, have that kind of uh, uh, you know they don't have that kind of print that you would uh, read on uh, that you would get from other descriptions i mean say circe is described as a very promiscuous woman if you were to read on other texts okay but not here she is a very different person her whole uh, her aura is you know recreated from the time she was a little baby so i think I'm not sure that works for its savor or not, but yeah, it certainly it certainly makes for a very interesting read. That is for sure. It was like for the most the only thing that kept me going on this book was because I wanted to learn more about Greek mythology. Like basically, that mm-hmm. was it. And uh, most uh, like quite honestly, the character development I found it like pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Like almost like after I was like halfway through it, only then was I like. felt like deeply involved or at least mildly involved with the character and started feeling some empathy and uh, regarding the character arc i was like doing some study on how to 
ब्रेक इट डाउन वाली स्ट्रक्चर एंड आई स्टडी लाइक एटलीस्ट फॉर इफ वी आर टॉकिंग ऑफ कैरेक्टर्स लाइक देर देर इज वन पर्सन आई फॉलो लॉट लाइक कॉल के एम वी लैंड शी स्पीक्स ऑफ फाइव टाइप्स ऑफ कैरेक्टर आर्क्स द पॉजिटिव चेंज आर्क द फ्लैट आर्क डिसमेंट आर्क फॉल आर्क एंड द करप्शन आर्क and this one seems to fall under the positive change arc which is a character believes a lie the lie and the new truth is liberating so more or less it's a very simplistic story there are not, there are not hmm. too many ups and downs yeah but, but that's not exactly her thing because cersei all this story that it was already written in ancient scriptures so we can't say that okay uh, madeline actually created a new story she may have created some new parts of it like uh, in the end when uh, cersei becomes a mortal i'm not sure okay have you have you read this part this part in this part i mean um, when she becomes a mortal i'm giving you a spoiler i finished the book yeah. this is not a that was the best part of the book like i even i think so because that is something that no one actually had uh, no uh, thought of this was something completely different from the book from the book i mean from the scriptures so yes that was a, that was a surprise and i kind of like that that she chose to become a mortal what you felt like was the main conflict of the story what i felt relate to for the character for cersei main conflict she wanted to be something she wanted to be something as in she wanted to be of some someone important she always had this need to get approval from other people and when she won't get that approval she would be devastated so all her life she was in this she wasn't in this you know conscious conflict she wasn't conscious of this but she always wanted to get others approval so her conflict was mostly about how to develop as a person who doesn't need other other people you know because because you know most of the time she's always thinking of a of how to get approval from her father and then how to get approval from her brother 18 and how to get approval from uh, who's that uh, winged god what's his name artemis artemis yeah so i think uh, so i think you mean hermes the messenger hermes, god hermes hermes sorry it's been some time since i've read the book and uh, i and another thing about this that i have actually read a audio book version so for a lot of uh, for a very long time i didn't even know how all the uh, all the characters were spelled because i consciously stopped myself from reading about them online because if i had started i would have known the story already true indeed and like uh, this part is like i think uh, uh, one thing i really loved about the book was easily the first line with which she started which uh, like authors usually call as the hook that is supposed to be present on the first line of the first page or somewhere on the first page mm-hmm. and it was this like i really loved it when i was born the name for what i was did not exist hmm. Hmm. i was like yeah. that tells like so much about the character's childhood it does, it like does. itself that one line it does i think no actually you are quite right because i think when you start a novel you go in the first 100 words or first chapter if you are going to finish that novel or not yeah like that pretty much like dictates if you beyond that barrier of first 100 words or first chapter you are going to finish that novel come whatever may 
but if you know beyond that barrier if you are feeling in the beginning of it you won't complete the novel i think it's as simple as that it happened very rarely to me that i've started a book uh, gone beyond first chapter and not read it afterwards that's how it is with me so what we're saying about the hook is actually true the hook certainly helps in keeping the, the audience engaged and like what you felt like was the point where the change start happening for her, like she started seeing the world differently um i think it was mostly when she configured all those trailers to think i think it was... happened after because no because see this is the point she even from low life sailors she's a goddess she's a nymph she has so much power in her and yet she is serving all those men inside her house and they are treating her like shit and even go to the extent of raping her so i think that was the point when she realizes okay this has to stop i this has to stop when i am being you know used as a rug this has to stop right now i think that was the biggest change in her life for me like what you say does like feel true like but i felt like everything started with prometheus for her especially this line that really caught my eye uh prometheus uh, she had a conversation with prometheus after offering him uh, some of the god's drink and that was i had no answer it seemed to me madness to invite divine punishment and later on in the book that's exactly what she does for her son mm-hmm. so like it was like everything coming like a round circle and she finally doing that mm-hmm. something like she was so afraid of and something she called madness she embracing mm-hmm. that herself she doesn't bring god's nectar in the last scene in the last scene no that wasn't nectar like that was a concoction like she created herself using uh-huh. some food okay how is it coming to full circle then i mean like uh, she invited the punishment of athena right for the sake of her son she like all, almost came to battle with her and she even okay. risked uh, getting found out by uh, zeus when she left the island like uh, to find mm. uh, that tigons i think that uh, beast name was its tail mm. so like that was another thing she is doing mm-hmm. you know what actually i uh, loved about not really love but actually what made sense for me was how the life of gods is described because one would often wonder that if gods were really immortal what would get what would they do with all their time and she actually describes it quite quite rather well that's why they all are off to you know getting something for their own name doing things that would actually make other people remember them that is what make that uh, who was that name stella yeah that is what makes stella you know turn such a turn into such a beast and actually behave like a beast so she would be remembered i think that actually makes sense in a lot of way because we are all somewhere trying to make a name for ourselves so i think that is that really helps in empathizing with all characters indeed yeah like i too like the part like i think that was the part i felt pretty bored of like she went on for quite a bit about like how it feels to be a god and compared to mortals how she found constantly found it like difficult or to understand how mortals can live such life that basically have no meaning and all of that kind of thing that part like I've... and uh, then again there was this part like there are some few descriptions that i think the author did is like a really terrible job of uh you know 
remember the part uh, where she turns the mortal into a god in the beginning chapters hello 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 hi yeah hi okay yeah okay uh, so you remember the part where she turns a mortal into a god like her first lover mm-hmm. yeah so this thing i found like uh, the author did a really terrible job of was when she was describing what happened to him and she used the term strapped with god muscles like i mean what is that even like strapped with god muscles i don't know i mean i don't really go that deep into that i'm mostly focused on uh, you know characters and how the how they can actually build up the empathy so i don't really go that deep though it does uh, it does uh, you know distracts you if you are reading all these uh, mundane sentences but uh, i don't really remember reading that for me that really caught me because base uh, one thing i really look for in distract you something like that can easily distract you seriously mm. something uh, like uh... I really look for in any book, and I think that is why I keep picking up fantasy again and again. And that is description, and I like a lot of description. Mm-hmm. Except uh, my last book, The Name of the Wind, that went a little too far with description. That was my mm-hmm. first experience with it, and I still haven't completed the last eighty pages of. I'm okay with description. I'm more interested I'm more in characters. For me, book is more about its characters than world building. maybe that's the reason i don't read too many um, too many you know fantasies because i'm actually looking for what person can become everything around that you may or may not control but a person that you can certainly control and uh, like it's funny like uh, i'm beginning to actually start to think of doing that now books that focus more on character development at least from the time i read uh, the name of the wind it had a really good character development in there mm-hmm. so, so what is your thoughts on this book on sirsi sirsi i think it's an okay book i mean if you are a if you are a you know, starter level of uh, bookworm i think you should definitely give it a try try uh, not just because it tells the story in a it tells an old story old in a new story. way but i think the character development of all the people seriously because there are so many politics involved you know in, even in the gods and uh, the and how people are perceiving each other and how they are trying to make a name for their own selves trying to get attention to their own selves i think that actually you know it helps in making one empathize with the characters and that is very important in a book if you can't empathize with the characters then you won't really connect with them i've seen so many uh, popular books you know best sellers like i mean i'm not going to name any of them because that would cause too much outrage but i think if you can't empathize with the character it's very difficult to fall in love with the book that is indeed true and that was certainly the case with this one at least no, for I me i did understand the characters but yeah the pace was excruciatingly slow a lot of things could have been done away with yeah but then again i think like she didn't had much she could do actually because that was like pretty much a carved out story for her. yeah 
no i think a lot of parts were actually uh, you know just uh, her uh, her add ons because i have read about sersi and i found no uh, i didn't found any kind of uh, you know references that sersi went to deliver what's her sister's name persephone no what's her sister's name it's a it's like her persia yeah. yes It, there are no references that she went to deliver Percy's baby, no, or she went to meet on with Icarus's father. There are no references. I think all those details simply added because they were of the same uh, time zone, if you could say. I mean, it's a fantasy. I'm not sure how time works in these spaces, and all of them are immortals anyway. But I think that's why all this story was added in there. They would have actually added the story of Troy if uh, you know if Troy was near some somewhere near the island, but of course they can't do that because Troy is like millions of you know miles away. Yeah, but they still somehow managed to Odysseus and he narrated yeah, the story of how it went down. I think more or less all of this uh, you know all of this extra extra spaces were built simply to uh, you know to add a convenience. Added as a convenience, okay. Yeah, Odysseus I found like a really interesting character here because if you recall, like if you recall, yeah, if you recall, like uh, 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 the reader's perception of Odysseus like was kept was like meant it kept changing sort of and uh, of Circe's as well. Like in the beginning, in the beginning she was like. Yeah, he's basically a hero, and he's always looking forward to return to his wife and son. But later on, it's revealed that he's all he cares for is fame, and he brought the the death of his companions himself by uh, saying out loud his name uh, to the Cyclops, who is the son of the sea god, by saying his name like and incurring the wrath of Poseidon that way. Like, I think I would have actually loved to read a book on Odysseus. Maybe in a way this was no, sort of it. Hello. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I think Odysseus is a much better character, not simply because he has been into a war, but he has gone through so much that all the character changes within him can be so you know empathized with. He goes through PTSD. I mean, he actually has gone through a war, and then that war has gone for like ten years, and then he has traveled for fourteen years among seas and all that. He has fought Cyclops. He has fought the Sirens. He has seen Circe, and then when he reaches his house, of course, he is suffering from PTSD. You know, post-traumatic stress disorder. He is insecure as hell. That what the hell his wife had been doing all this time. There are so many people in this in his house who are ready to claim his throne and everything. So I think. Odysseus is a character who can solely be understood as a you know spiraling into I don't know spiraling into a different kind of dimension. So I think I would have loved to read a book on that. And in a way, if we look at it that way, he was a much more interesting character than Circe. Like, totally, totally. I mean, Circe is your uh, you know what coming of age. Circe's book, Circe's story more is more or less, or less a coming of age, and I actually love coming of age uh, books. Uh, but Odysseus, his is not a story of coming of age. He's already come of age when he's at the when he's at Troy. 
because actually it's because of his intelligence only that they get to win the war of troy but his story is that of descent into madness and i think that is something i would like to read because so far i have read a lot of books which focus on the positive character change but i haven't read any books that focus on you know this negative character change i mean seriously i don't think i've actually read any books like these i definitely like to read one i think i am currently reading uh, i think it's called a uh, chinese light no not exactly light novel but uh, it's a free book over on this app called uh, web novel the and it's mm-hmm. focus and its characters pretty much an anti hero cares for himself but you'd still find yourself rooting for him like i would actually like to read some more anti heroes i mean uh, there are a few anti heroes in my syllabus uh, you know uh, what's the chap's name uh, from budring heights keith cliff he so that's more or less what i have read on anti heroes but yes i would actually like to read more about them because positive character arc actually can be i think it's not as easy but i think it's easier than creating a negative character arc definitely that's what because for you to make you should even uh, find it like may uh, the the readers should uh, be able to understand the reason or empathize with the character despite knowing that the character is in the wrong or sort of has the wrong morals that would take i think that that makes a better that actually makes for a more interesting character who knows that okay i'm doing this wrong but if he can justify his reasons and can convince you that okay this is right i think that makes for a great book have you had any experience uh, like uh, in any novel like an antagonist sure. an antagonist who convinced you like that totally i mean i was reading this uh, book called uh, godfather not reading the book exactly i was listening to an audio book godfather so this guy is a mafioso okay he has killed people he has gotten people killed he's involved in drug smuggling and all these gambling and all these bad bad things but yes he convinces you he reasons with you and you know at a point i was actually rooting for him okay that i want this guy to win even though he is bad he's ruthless but i want this guy to win because he convinces you that okay i know i'm doing a bad thing but listen to my reasons he reasons with you and he reasons with you so effectively that you are convinced and i was uh, i was i just finished another book called kapul by kiran agarkar who has one such character only the raja okay he knows that what he is doing is bad that he will be you know disreputed because of such thing but he does it anyway because he can see the vision in the long term and he convinces you oh, i'm doing this the right thing i'm doing this for their own uh, you know well being but people are convinced because they think that it's beyond their uh, it's it's something that's not good so i think this i think uh, that's how like most of these characters work the most of these antagonists like they are mostly long term thinkers like if you even uh, think yeah. of canos like he was a long term thinker for the reason yeah uh in shantaram also i have actually read this phrase that uh, the wrong thing for good for right reasons and i think that this is what actually ha- works in harry potter too you know for the greater good and if you have to create a really interesting anti hero or villain or anything i think you have to convince okay this is good for the long term even in thanos okay in avengers series i haven't seen the avengers series completely but i think that's how thanos operates so 
yeah that is something i would actually like to read about it has indeed been an interesting yeah we should start a, we should start a petition about we want to read a book on odysseus <laughs> that would be interesting we should definitely petition like that but less descriptions please yeah Oh, uh, so should we wrap it up here? Let's... Yeah, I think we are more or less done. Our, our conversation is getting, you know, kind of repetitive. So I think we should just okay. wrap it up. So any final words you have? Any final words? Any uh, final words? On, on what? On what context? Oh, uh, the kind of books you you'd love to read but you haven't yet come across. Let's keep that the final question. Okay, I would love to read all the classics because a book that is so so boring to read because I truly say this classics are so boring they make me so drowsy and yet these books have stayed you know in limelight for more than a hundred years. I want to read what is in these books that make them immortal, and I want to you know steal all that stuff and use in my writing whenever I get a chance to. Interesting. All right, so let. What about you? For me, I I'd like a book from an antagonist perspective, not an anti-hero, an antagonist. Mm-hmm. That would be what I'd. Antagonist. Yeah. You should definitely be Godfather. I I might give it a try. Not too sure. I might. Okay. Antagonist. Um, because that guy is more or less an antagonist to me. Mm-hmm. But we don't really get a lot of books from the antagonist perspective. Indeed. All right. Let's wrap it up here. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.